And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. So I'm going to start off this week with uh, two big asks. Two big requests, two big favors. Hey, by the way, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. It's uh, Wednesday, September 12th, 2018. Episode two this week. I'm back with a vengeance, baby. Oh, yeah. So um, ask number one. This is the big one and the more serious one. So this is where uh, the podcast turns into a Jerry Lewis telethon because I need you to send me money. I'm just kidding. No. Um, What I'm asking is a little bit more basic than that. And I know some of you have already done this. And um, for... And if you have, I thank you tremendously. If you haven't, wherever you listen to this podcast, if you can go to the source and leave a rating and or a review if it lets you. And I know some places don't. Like, I don't think Spotify will let you do that, but iTunes is the big one. So most podcast traffic, according to my analytics and my um, statistics that I can get through my hosting company, um, about 80% of all of you out there are listening through um, iTunes or obtaining it through iTunes. So if you can go back to the source and leave a rating, that would be so appreciated. I can't even tell you. And a review, oh my God. I mean, how awesome would that be? I'll love you forever. Seriously, yes. I am I am that easily bought. So um, part of the reason for this, I think I mentioned a few episodes back, I got a notification from some, you know, podcast analytics charting organization or whatever that I'd, I'd cracked into the ratings on iTunes and their health and fitness. And I was like number 320 something or whatever, something like that. But I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was tracking. And so they started sending me these daily updates. And ever since that one, I've been out of the rankings, out, out. And I get a daily reminder, out. Out, out, out. I'm like, you don't have to rub it in. So I unsubscribed, actually, <laughs> um, because I have a very fragile ego, and there's only so many days I need to be reminded, you suck, you suck, you suck. So, uh, yeah, if you can, go leave a review. Tell your friends. That's the big thing, actually. Get other people to listen to it. That would be so appreciated. I did um, put up that podcast primer up on the website. So if you go to thedropset.com, click on blog. I think it's the second post down right now. Um, you can click on that link, share that, circulate that amongst your uh, bodybuilding-minded friends and whatever groups you're on, social media. Um, talk about doing me a massive favor. Then, of course, I'll have to send you a Christmas card. So there's that. Um, that's ask number one. Ask number two, um, this is uh, my sustained, continued, repeated, never-ending And I take that last one very literally. This will never end. So just acquiesce and give me what I want. My never-ending request for your calls to the call-in number, 865-518-2974. Go to thedropset.com. Pull it up on your phone right now. The number's right there. It's clickable from your phone. You click on that, and it says, do you want to call this number? You're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's going to it's gonna ring, 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 and then you're going to hear my voice, and it says, hey, this is Darren. Thanks for calling the answering service line for the drop set. Please identify yourself and leave a question that's about 20 seconds long, and I will play it on an episode, and we'll talk about it. And you may say, yeah, well, I'm not a competitor. I don't know. I'm be like, I don't care who you are. Uh, what if you have a question? I guarantee you, unless your question is about, oh boy, I should have scripted something here that was so obscure because I'm not going to be able to come up with anything um, funny enough to meet the moment now off the top of my head. But if you think you have some question that's about the most random thing in the world, chances are somebody else listening has a question that's similar to that. And also sometimes. 
those questions, I mean, I want to address it, but also that can be a starting point for some other discussion. Because if you've listened to this, you know that my brain has the tendency to ramble on and it's kind of like, you know, going down the rabbit hole with me. You know how like you can go to a Wikipedia page and you're looking up like, who was the actor on that show that we watched? And before you know it, you're reading about the refugee crisis in Syria and, you know, the chemical uh, composition of a banana. And it's like, you, you never know where one click is going to lead you and going to lead you. And you're like, what is the, uh, the, um, gross domestic product of Nebraska anyway. I don't know. Let me look that up. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know how the internet works. So it's the same way that my brain works and how these conversations work. These conversations that I have quite dangerously with myself and a therapist would have a field day going back and listening through this archive, I'm sure. But the point being, a good question or even a kind of an offbeat question can lead to some other things. But um, I want your input and helping me do that. So um, please, please. Uh, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. So there you go. Those are my two big asks. Leave a review, leave a rating, and then call me. And holy crap, if you do all three of those, in uh, by the time we record this next episode, I might actually have to send you like a Halloween card or something. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. The listener appreciation days are about to start. You just wait. So, um... A couple uh, new listener shout outs. Thank you. So 165 Olivia on Instagram um, started listening recently and had some kind words to say. Thank you, Olivia. I appreciate that. Dylan Eve, a, a natural bodybuilder in Australia who looks awesome, by the way. He's been prepping for 29 weeks. Um, he was actually the inspiration behind today's topic that we'll get to later. Um, he had a question on that and other people had asked about it before. And full disclosure, it's also something that's really easy for me to talk about. So I feel like, yeah, I can wing that. I don't even need to plan or research anything. That's like, I mean, it, it feels totally like I'm cheating doing that, but I'm going to roll with it for today. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, Megan, a client of mine who I've, I've recommended to her, I'm like, you should really listen to this because, you know, a lot of my clients, they, um, they, uh, a lot of them are avid listeners and a lot of them, you know, I, I, I wrote this up in my podcast primer. A lot of them just aren't podcast people, you know, not everybody is. And so to get somebody who's not a podcast person to subscribe to, and then listen to a podcast, that's a big thing. And so she started, she says she's getting a lot out of it as well, which is great. So, um, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I also wanted to give a serious shout out to a long-standing client of mine, my uh, my oldest client at this stage, not in age, but in duration, um, Max. Max, you are in Wilmington, North Carolina, and you are doing some serious work this week with Hurricane Florence coming down. Uh, Max is a police officer in Wilmington, and uh, he is, uh, I, I checked in with him yesterday, it was our official day. He's like, I don't know how much time I have because, uh, you know, we got some stuff going down here. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Um, but uh, he's basically living at the station through the weekend, pretty much. Um, he's not allowed to go home, working 12-hour shifts and got to be around in case of emergency. And I'm talking like, and uh, I'm, we're starting this conversation. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, we'll just, you know, check in next week, see how bad it was. And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of take it from there and see, you know, if you're going to need some downtime for recovery, et cetera. He was actually in the middle of meal prep, filling up a couple coolers to last him through the weekend. And then he was talking about, you know, it depends on where I'm going to be staying because this uh, station, they've got a pretty crappy gym, so I might take a day off if I'm stuck there. This station, they've got a great gym. I can get in some awesome workouts there. He's like, you know, I might pull back on a couple carbs here. What do you think? And we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to talk about a badass, a guy who's basically on 24-7 call through a natural disaster uh, meal prepping, making time for it. And this guy is in off season, by the way. So 
some people are wired to be bodybuilders and some people kind of learn the process along the way. This dude is wired for it. And, uh, I, I feel very lucky to be able to work with him and help him along the process. So big kudos to him. Stay safe, Max. Keep the people of Wilmington safe as well. We'll be thinking about you. Um, okay. So the, the big topic for today, we're going to cut right to it here. <laughs> you like how I define cutting right to it? like eight and a half minutes in. Yeah, that's cutting right to it for me. That's me being brief with the introduction. So you're welcome, I guess. Um, it's uh, it's life as a prep coach. So um, Dylan, who I mentioned before, he was like, hey, what would you recommend this to somebody who's interested and, you know, ha has knowledge in this area, wants to do it? Like, what are your thoughts on it? Um, you know, what What is life like? Um, and I think that is a great question. I wanted to take that and run with it and talk about a couple other related things as well. So this is why I say this is an easy topic because basically I just kick back in my chair and, uh, pull out my beer and I'm just going to tell you about my life for a little bit here. So, um, life as a prep coach, what is it like? Well, it depends. So first of all, um, let's define what a prep coach is. So there's a couple different ways in which you can be a coach. You can do what I do, which is in person. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was incorrect. I should probably go back and edit that out, but you know what? That's going to require stopping this and then, nah, screw it. No, that, that is not what I do. I do not train anybody in person. What I do is online. So you can do online coaching, which is in fact what I really do. Um, you can do in-person coaching, which to be clear is what I do not do. Okay, I think I've, I've set the record straight now. Um, a lot of people do, uh, they, they exclusively work um, in person, and some do both. My experience largely has borne out that people who do both are good at one and not the other. And uh, certain things have made me reevaluate that a little bit. Like, my coach does both. She um, works with people out of her gym in Texas, and she also works with people online, and she does a great job both ways. Um, I think she is really more the exception. Um, I've worked with other people that um, have, have trained people in person and trained people in online, and one thing that's invariably true is, especially if they're working with people that don't have a lot of experience, whenever you see people that they uh, are sharing their results from, it's always the people that they work with in, uh, in person. Just because it's difficult to teach somebody about bodybuilding and about the kind of intensity that it takes um, online without being there in person, like yelling at them, getting in their face and making sure that they don't quit on a set. So, and a lot of what I do is built around kind of trying to work around that natural limitation that is, that comes from not being in direct contact, physical contact with somebody. So, um, I've got some, some systems in place and it's, it's imperfect, but I do the best I can. And the big thing is, you know, identifying when it's a problem, which is also a, a good, a, a good discussion point for later. So, um, when you're talking about a prep coach, in person, online, or a combination of the two, um, they require very different skill sets. So think about that. Think about what you really excel at, what you want to do, the kind of freedom and flexibility that you want. Um, because clearly, if you're in person, you're committed to be in a location at a certain time. You have appointments, etc. It's it's a different kind of thing. Um, also. Um, prep coach. So what are you prepping for? Are you a competition prep coach exclusively? 
or do you work with non-competitor populations as well? So when I started doing this, I really like, I want to be a competition prep coach because I want people that are serious and I want people that aren't going to bullshit me and come up with excuses. And I tell you what, people are people. And whether it's a competitor or not, you're going to find people that are going to load you up with bullshit and excuses all day long. It doesn't matter. There are always going to be people like that out there, regardless of what population sect you're, you're working with. So um, I learned very early on that limiting myself to just working with competitors was, first of all, a terrible business decision because, uh, well, well, we'll get to that, but also just not smart not smart. Unless you're somebody like a, uh, a Matt Jansen or a Shane Hughley or somebody like that who has um, a, a wide enough range of success working with very, very, very top level pros when um, you've developed a niche like that. And then, uh, you know, th then, yeah, you can probably survive on, you know, just working with competition prep. You can charge a premium. You can get away with fewer clients. You can, you know, not worry about having to quote unquote deal with the non-competitive population. Um, for me though, like some of my best clients that I've ever had have been non-competitors. Um, so, and I, it, it, my, my philosophy has always been if somebody's willing to put in the work, that's really all I need. You know, if you're going to put in the work and, you know, enjoy what you do and try to learn more and get better each day, I don't really give a shit what your goal is. If your goal is to get up on stage and compete and go pro, awesome. If your goal is to drop 50, 70, 90, 10 pounds, whatever, tighten up, that's fine. Um, the only thing that I would say is if you tell me, I don't want to get too muscular, I'm going to call a timeout and we're going to have a chat about that. Uh, and that's more about like resetting expectations because that what that tells me is that, you know, I don't want to go too hard in the gym because I think I'm going to get too big, which just doesn't happen. So, um, Anyway, that's just a conversation to have early on. So um, what kind of clientele do you want to work with? Do you want to limit yourself? I mean, consider that competitive bodybuilders, you're talking about a relatively narrow uh, segment of the population, especially considering how many coaches there are out there. So if you want to limit yourself to just that, that's fine. You better be really good at what you do. You better be able to really charge a premium for those services and get by with fewer clients or, you know, have this be one of your several jobs. Uh, if you want to open yourself up and work with a wider range of people, um, and keep in mind, this is a lot of the same skill set. It's not like you need to relearn how to do things if you're working with somebody who isn't a competitor. You know, I mean, clearly... For every individual, the plans change, but just because somebody is a competitor and somebody else isn't, um, you know, that the strategy doesn't necessarily change just because of that. So um, I, I feel like if you want to limit yourself to just working with competitors, yeah, I guess there's more like glamour and glitz involved in that. I could care less. You know, I, I don't have any any love for the whole aspect of competing. I understand it well. Um, I enjoy getting people ready for that. Um, I'm less concerned with promoting a specific organization, um, lining the pockets of the NPC and their associated promoters. I just, I don't have a great amount of passion for that. So um, somebody doesn't want to compete, totally cool with me. So define what kind of work you want to do. Um, so for me, I, all I can really speak of is what it's like as a 
coach who does competition prep and also what I would call general body transformation, so for non-competitors, and works exclusively online. So that version of this job allows for a tremendous amount of freedom for which, yes, I am grateful for on a daily basis. And um, when I wake up and I see an inbox that I was at zero when I went to bed and it's at 74 when I wake up and I have a little mini panic attack, I've got to think, okay, I have no actual appointments today. I got a lot of stuff I got to do. This will clean itself up in due time. I can handle this. So, um, it's it's all about trying to pace yourself to get through a day. So you set yourself up, you've got a nice busy day. You know, um, some clients I have, uh, they send a a nice concise email that has everything attached in and all one. And then some of them um, send me an email and they send me 12 progress photos all in separate emails and then a tracker spreadsheet and a separate one. And then they submit a web form through my website that has additional information and then two follow-up emails because they forgot other stuff in there. So some people are more organized. Some people are more disorganized. You got to be able to roll with that. Like you set the expectations as a coach, but people are still going to be people. And you can't make somebody have a really structured and organized type A brain if they just don't have that. And you, as a coach, have to suck it up and roll with it. You can ask and ask and ask all you want, but you're going to be like, you know, beating your head against the wall if you really try to um, force that square peg into a round hole or round peg into a square hole. I never remember which is the actual phrase. Um, so my daily routine, what do I do? So, you know, I work from home, so I'm sitting here right now at my desk where I've been, um, almost all day except for my gym time. Um, and I sit here and I have a uh, desktop computer stuffed under the desk. Um, I've got three monitors in front of me. I've got this microphone on a boom stand mounted to my desk right here. I talk into this thing all day long because I'm recording voice feedback for clients with every check-in that I do. I get a lot of videos from clients. So if it's not their check-in day, I'll still record um, verbal feedback for them and email it off. Um, I'm in spreadsheets all day. I'm in email all day. I'm looking at progress photos. I'm watching videos all day. Um, and I mean, the, so the, the stresses of this job, first of all, you've got to have the right kind of skill set for it. So if you are somebody and you, you, you know, whenever the, the, um, somebody says, Oh, I need you to fill out this form online or, Hey, can you email me? If your answer is okay, hold on. I'm not good with technology timeout. You should not be an online coach. That is immediately disqualifying right there. You cannot be not good with technology and have a job that requires that where, you know, in the word of it, in the title of it, one of the words is online. Just think about that for a second. Common sense dictates you're going to suck at that job. Now, that being said, being good with technology is a skill that you can learn. Um, and when I say I'm good with technology, I worked in the tech industry for about 12 years um, before I, I turned to training. So I have a, a background in engineering. So yeah, this is right up my alley. So that's why all of my programs are in spreadsheets. Um, I know every keyboard shortcut for Excel in the book. So I can I can zoom through a spreadsheet and make all kinds of changes and cut and paste from other documents and boom, 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 boom. Windows are moving around so fast. I'm alt tabbing back and forth. Um, stuff flies across these three monitors and I know exactly what's going on. I understand every keystroke. So for me, it's very efficient. Like I can knock out the nuts and bolts of a client update that doesn't require any significant changes for the week and about 45 seconds worth of spreadsheet work. And then, you know, I've got to go and and, and, uh, record feedback and talk about stuff and file things away. But the actual spreadsheet work, pretty easy. Now, if you suck at spreadsheets, well, first of all, I wouldn't recommend making that the the main uh, (laughs) tool that you use for relaying your client plans. 
a lot of coaches out there, online coaches, like they send their meal plans via text message or whatever. I'm sorry, but that is the most ghetto bullshit ever. Um, that is like immediate red flag for me. Like, really? Okay, we're doing this via text message? Okay. Uh, because you know that stuff isn't getting saved. You know they're not referring back to that stuff and seeing what it was when they go and talk about updates. They're not scrolling back up. What did I send this guy last time? No, no. It's like, okay, here's the next, uh, here, here's the next phase of the diet. Here it is. I'm cutting and pasting this from another note that I have on my phone here. It's the same thing that I sent to this guy over here. I mean, if you get a... a, a Meal plan via text message is basically a written guarantee that what you're receiving is something that's cookie cutter. So um, that's a, a, a pro tip for you right there. Um, so I totally lost it. Um, talking about skill sets. So technology, you've got to be good with technology. You've got to be a really good communicator, which means responsive and it means really able to explain yourself. Um, I have one client that I work with here and I will, uh, I will leave him anonymous. He's actually a former client. Um, we've worked together a couple times and we're on break right now. Um, whenever I get an email from him, I've got to reread it four and five times to try and figure out exactly what in the hell he is saying. Um, so he would not be a good online coach. Like you've got to be very clear and very able to understand things, especially if you're working with people who are beginners, you got to understand that a lot of the things that you as an experienced bodybuilder take for granted, other people don't know. Like when you write up a workout and you say, you know, okay, three sets, four, four total sets, drop set on final set, expect a flood of questions. What does that mean? How do I do a drop set? What does it look like? Okay, I, I get that. What should my weights be? And I tell you what, I've seen so many videos of somebody doing a drop set where, okay, they're supposed to do 10 reps and then reduce the weight and go to failure, reduce again, go to failure. And you can just tell, like you're looking at this and you're like, this person's never done a drop set. None of this stuff is within 60% of failure. It's not even close. So the whole point of the drop set becomes moot at that point. And you're, you're like, you know, you're, you're kind of watching somebody go through it. And at the final weight, they do like 120 reps. I'm like, yeah, this was not a drop set. So you've got to understand that you are going to be teaching a lot of people who are new to this some stuff that you as a more advanced lifter might find relatively basic. But everybody starts somewhere. So you've got to be able to dial it down all the way back to like remember your first time in the gym, your first time ever doing a drop set. How do you explain this to somebody? Um, and I, I find it's like it's like trying to define a very specific word without using that word. Um, uh, I can't think of a good example right now, but there have been many of them that I can think of uh, or that, that I've, I've heard in the past. It was kind of a, a challenge, like, you know, define blah without using that word itself. So it's kind of like, you know, how can, how can you teach somebody how to create tension in the muscle? You know, teach somebody what failure really means. You know, I mean, clearly part of it is you've got to show them what it looks like. So you've got to have tools at your disposal to do that. So in this day and age, also being an online coach, you've got to be good at media and social media. So um, what I found really made a huge impact in my ability to get my ideas across to my clients was when I got off my lazy ass and really started being more aggressive with video examples for workouts and not relying on other things um, like, oh, here's a good example of this that I found online. You know what? No. So I built a library of all of my own stuff, um, which is, you know, me going through a working set of an exercise and uh, narrating over it so that you can hear me talk about the finer points. You can see it in action. And also just watching that stuff, you start to get a good overall sense of what appropriate intensity looks like as well. So, um, I always tell people like, if you can go through a set and if I, if I'm watching a video of you doing a set, 
and I, I, I put my hand over the phone so all I can see is your face. And if I play a game like, okay, are they performing an exercise or are they reading a book? Um, and if I can't tell, then yeah, we, we're not at the right, not at the right marker for intensity. So then, okay, you tell somebody that, and then how do you tell them to increase it? You say, okay, well, um, go up and wait, go up and wait. Okay, great. You see that video back and now the, the form's terrible. It's really sloppy. So, okay, clearly that wasn't the right answer. What do you do from there? You know, that's where the trick comes in. It's like teaching somebody who has a little bit of lifting experience, but not a lot of high intensity lifting experience. How do you get them up? How do you help them climb that ladder and recalibrate their intensity scale? These are the kind of skills that you need as an online coach, because you can't make assumptions that people know what you're talking about or that they understand. Like the, the worst assumption that any coach ever could possibly make is, well, so-and-so knows what they're, I mean, their, their pictures are great. They know what they're doing. So I don't need to see any evidence of what they're doing in the gym. Um, I'm sorry. I've seen all kinds of great physiques that were built with lousy form. Um, that is not satisfactory. That is not okay. They're coming to you to get better. So what they're doing, what they've been doing has gotten them to where they are. So it's your job to make them better. So fix that shit. You got to, you got to see what they're doing and be able to dig in and fix it. So, um, the, the other main soft uh, the, the other main skill set to understand is how to communicate with people and I don't mean like how to work email and how to respond to it and how to be on time with your replies how to stick to a schedule that you create yourself for responding to check-ins how to keep with your own self-imposed deadlines and those kind of things that's all automatic and I think anybody with any sense of responsibility who's had to hold down a job before should be able to do that I hear horror stories all the time of people who have worked with previous coaches before who just never got back to them with a check-in or um, they they would have a check-in that had a whole bunch of questions and most of them were ignored or just got like one word responses that indicated that the coach really just didn't care at all or felt bothered by it. And, you know, people notice that stuff. And so when somebody then <laughs> writes an email to that coach and, you know, oftentimes it's just easier to be non-confrontational and they say like, you know what, some stuff came up, I can't keep doing this. And basically, you know, that, that's code for I don't want to keep working with you because I don't think you give a shit about anything that we're doing here and not listening to me. So, um, that's a, that happens more often than you might think. So um, knowing how to communicate with people and understanding what makes people tick, because your job as a coach is, yes, I mean, it's several fold. You've got a lot of jobs. You've got to be able to have the technical side of things down. You've got to understand how to manipulate X, Y, and Z to keep things moving in the right direction, whatever the goal, whatever the current phase is. Um, that's a given. You've got to be thorough. You've got to be on time. You've got to be responsive. You've got to be available. All of those things, those are all relatively easy. You know, the, the technical side of things can be learned. The other things I would tend to say are more like common sense. But the thing that is really more of a skill is how to communicate with people, how to keep people motivated, how to keep people inspired, how to inspire confidence in you from them, how to make them want to work harder for you, Really, it, it, they're working for them, but a lot of people, they feel more compelled if they feel like they're putting in work for a coach that really cares about them and that really makes them want to put in their best effort. So um, how can you inspire people like that? How can you communicate with people on a level like that? Um, 
it, it's not easy because the answer is different for everybody. You know, some people are, are less responsive to that. They need less of that. Some people need a lot of that. And you've got to recognize that. And, you know, oftentimes people with me, um, when they are first signing on and they're going through the assessment form, they will include a note that says something to the effect of, I do really well with a lot of constructive criticism. Like, don't just tell me I'm doing a good job. Pick some stuff apart. And be like, yeah, absolutely. You don't need to tell me that because I was going to do that anyway. But good. I'm, I like that you understand that about yourself. And I will keep that in mind. And I will be aggressive with that stuff. I mean, it will be constructive. But I will give you plenty of that kind of feedback. Absolutely. So um, understanding, you know, part of it is, you know, being part therapist, part psychologist, and understanding that, yeah, those are hats that you have to wear sometimes. And one thing that I always like to tell people is I... I make a uh, I make a very terrible therapist, but I also charge appropriately for that. So it's in, it's included in the rate, which is much less than what you would pay an actual therapist. So um, so as long as your expectations are calibrated a little bit, <laughs> so that you you have some idea of what you're getting, um, I think it'll it'll be okay because so many things that my clients are going through, not all of them because everybody has their own unique situations and I haven't lived through everything, but a lot of things I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've been through that or I can relate to that. I understand it. And you know what? Just for a minute, take yourself out of the daily grind of what you're doing here and put yourself in their shoes and remember back to what it was like when you were really dealing with that, how things felt, the kind of toll it took on you and how that might impact your ability to follow a plan for a week when things are really rough or something like that, you know, whatever's going on. Um, and understand people as human beings. Um, it's nice to think that when a client hires you, that they're just going to become a programmable robot that will do whatever you say. And sometimes that happens, but more often than not, it doesn't. Um, and people are people, and people are going to struggle. They're going to excel, but they're not going to do both all the time. Um, and so you've got to help people pick things up um, when things are a little sluggish and they're struggling a little bit. And then when things aren't and when things are flying, you've got to keep them up there. So you can't just sustain it and say, yep, that's good. Keep going. I mean, give them something to work for. You know, give them something, uh, put some wind under their sails to keep them floating up there. That's what they really need. So um, it's those people skills and, and knowing how to communicate with people on a very personal level about things that are really important to them and how to make them continue to push themselves forward, how to motivate them to want to put in more work. I mean, I think your motivation comes from yourself. Um, it's got to be in there to start for sure. But if I can help and if I can, you know, put an extra little like log on that fire, yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to do that. And I think I've been working with enough, uh, a, a, a lot of different people for long enough. Um, I, I feel pretty confident that I can speak to, to just about anybody on a level that makes sense to them and be genuine about it, which is also important. You know, you can't fake it. You know, if you fake it, people are going to know it. Um, and if you don't care, People are going to know that too. People are perceptive a lot more than you might think. So don't feel like you can BS your way through something like this. Um, so um, my daily routine is, like I said, it's all in email and spreadsheets, basically. And this this microphone here um, and my uh, voice note. And then I'm doing I'm trying to do additional things on top of that. So it's not just enough to work with clients. But keep in mind, you know, as a prep coach, you are um, more than likely, if you're doing it like me, you are a business owner and a, is a business of one, which means that you are now responsible for every damn facet of that business. So you need a website, great, that's on you. 
You need some promotional materials, that's on you. You need some graphics, some artwork, that's on you. Or you can hire it out, but, you know, what's your budget look like early on? So, um, as for me, you know, my budget is okay, but um, I prefer to do a lot of the stuff myself. So, like, this podcast is 100% self-produced. Um, a lot of people, they, they hire this out as, like, an editing job and then let somebody else do all the technical stuff to get it online. No, I don't do that. I do it myself. I've got it down. So, after I hit stop on this and save it, um, it'll probably take me about 15 minutes to get it online. So... Um, the website, I manage that myself. All my content, I write myself. All my social media stuff, I stay on top of that myself. Um, I do have a marketing consultant um, that I use on occasion. And really, it's more of, it, it's just a like an hourly consulting thing. Um, it's basically like, hey, here's what I'm working on right now. Here's the state of my website right now. How are things looking? Um, check out, check, these are the, the social media platforms I'm really hitting hard. Um, how would you recommend I make some changes in order to increase engagement, that kind of stuff, because you've got to promote yourself. Um, you know, my, my number one source of new clients is referrals, but if I relied on referrals alone, it, it'd be, uh, it'd be tight. It'd be tight. So I've got to continually try and get people that have not worked with me or don't personally know somebody who's worked with me to find me. So it's online visibility through social media and through web searches. And you've got to have a handle on that kind of stuff. So, um, there's so much more that goes on to being a prep coach, um, than you would think because you are a business owner. Um, now there, there are some good things and some bad things that go with that to be clear. So first of all, the, as an online coach, the amount of schedule flexibility that I have is fantastic. And like I said, I am grateful for that every day. So I get to work from home. I get to hang out here with my dogs. I get to take, you know, a five or 10 minute break whenever I need to walk outside, throw the tennis ball for Taz. He loves that. Get Bella outside, let her walk around a little bit, go check the mail. Like, Oh, okay. I was going to go clean the kitchen counters for five minutes. Cause I need take a break, let my eyes, you know, so let my eyes recover. So then my wife comes home and the house isn't a total mess because everybody's been gone all day. Um, you know, somebody's been here kind of monitoring things, taking care of things, you know, bringing in packages, blah, 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 blah. So uh, it, it's nice for me. It's nice for her. So it's a huge, huge plus to be able to work from home. That's for any work from home job. Now, the disadvantage is I work from home. So my level of distractibility could be very high. Um, thankfully, I am not much of a gamer. So my PlayStation 3 that's sitting over there hasn't actually been turned on since we moved into this house over a year ago, except to play the occasional Blu-ray that we have sitting around. So um, now if I was a gamer, I could find myself easily distracted. Um, if if I was a big TV watcher, I could find myself easily distracted. Like, I don't keep a TV on with news on, running off to the side or anything like that. Um, I can't work if I've got music playing or anything like that. So the house is quiet. There's nothing going on. It's just me and a couple of quiet dogs all day long. So I do a pretty good job of staying focused and limiting distractions in order to make sure that I can stay productive. And, you know, let's keep in mind, you know, so that I can service the clients that are paying me. So, I mean, that's got to be the priority. You can't forget that. You're the only one that's going to do it. So if you don't do it, if you're late, they're going to know who's responsible. It's not like you're working for a company with 10,000 employees. And if you're late delivering a report, there's a lot of blame to be shifted around. Oh, well, I was waiting on so-and-so to give me this. And so that's why I was playing, you know, what was it, Fortnite or whatever, which I don't even know what that is, but I know it's popular. That's why I was playing, whatever. Um, so you've got to be able to, to maintain your focus. Now, um, Another thing, and this is kind of like, you know, 
I feel kind of guilty about saying this, but one of the, one of the hidden benefits of this is there's some really good tax benefits um, from being a prep coach. So bodybuilding is expensive. As a prep coach, pretty much anything related to it is a tax write-off for me. So you can use your imagination on that. Um, but uh, it's legitimate. I take advantage of it. I'm allowed to by law. So um, for something that I'm I'm I would likely be doing anyway. Um, there's, you know, it's legitimate business related, you know, uh, largely research, I would say, especially like trying new supplements, that kind of thing. And you'd be able to speak intelligently about these things. So, um, yeah. And, and part of it is also, you know, you become your, your business's greatest advertisement, you, your, your personage, you know, your physique. So maintaining your physique is a business expense which sounds kind of crazy when you think about it, but it is. Um, that is something that is extremely common among any personal trainer out there, um, anyone who knows anything about business taxes at least. So that's a benefit. Um, there are plenty. The drawbacks, it, it's hard to think about. It's hard to think of too many. Um, one of them is trying to describe what I do to people at parties. Um, that is a challenge. And it's a conversation that I get really sick of. So I tried making up stories for a while about, oh, I'm a consultant. Oh, well, what are you consultant? Well, it's it's health and fitness related. Oh, really? Well, tell me about that. Do I have to? Because <laughs> as soon as I say, oh, I'm a bodybuilding coach, then everybody's like, oh, yeah, I used to have a gym membership. Uh, and then you hear all these stories. I went on a diet once. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know you can't. I can see you. Uh <laughs> I, I know you're not dieting as you're, you're holding that beer and holding that plate of cheese. Yeah, I can see. Yep. Um, so that, that's a downside. That's kind of on the lighter side, but still, nonetheless, it's not something that I really enjoy talking about with the un, uninitiated is, you know, what, what I do. And, you know, also people kind of look at you funny, like, Oh, okay. You're a prep coach. So that's kind of like being a drummer, right? That means you don't really have a job. Is that what that means? Okay. I think I get it. <laughs> um, and uh, other downsides, I don't know. It's tough. There's not a whole lot. I mean, too much time at the computer is probably a big one. Um, the other thing is working by myself. And, you know, most at this, at this day and age, most of my interaction with people is one-sided. It's me talking into a microphone and sending them a note. So I feel like my social skills have taken a little bit of a hit. And I have contemplated a couple times, like, maybe I should sign up at a gym and train just like a couple clients a week just so that I can kind of get, you know, get some of those face-to-face -face people skills brushed off a little bit. But I, I haven't pulled the trigger on anything like that. And honestly, I just don't want to spread myself too thin. So um, that has not happened. <laughs> that, that has not happened. So it's it's hard to come up with too many downsides, though, just because overall it it is a really difficult career to find complaints about. Um, you've got to have relatively thick skin. You've got to understand that whenever a client signs up someday down the road, they're going to fire you. Um, and you can't take it personally. It's the nature of it. Nobody has a coach forever. So have some thick skin, um, take nothing personally, unless they make it personal, in which case, if they make it personal, you probably didn't do your job. So, um, I can count on, uh, two fingers for me, the number of times that has happened. And someday down the road, when I am uh, no longer on a, on a prep um, and I get all nice and liquored up, I might come on here and record the tales of those two stories, protecting all the names, uh, changing all the names to protect the innocent, um, because I think they're fascinating stories. Um, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, for, for a later day, for a later day. So, um, but yeah, you can't take it personally. So it's just, it's part of it. It's going to happen. So, um, that's, that's about it though. I mean, there, there's so many good things. There are so few bad things. It is a very challenging job. It requires that you constantly be available. Um, oh yeah. One, I guess one other downside is it's very difficult to take a day off completely. Um, usually that involves emailing a whole bunch of people in advance and saying, Hey, I'm going to be gone for a day. So chill out. And you, you, I mean, even then it's gotta be a weekend for the most part, like a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, and trying to take a weekday off is just pretty much a non-starter. That's when all my check-ins are scheduled. So, um, that's very difficult. I don't have any check-ins scheduled for the weekends, but I'm still getting daily reports from clients that are closer to shows. Um, and sometimes daily reports from people who just require a little bit more monitoring just to make sure that I'm happy with how things are coming along. So, you know, I may have anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 clients sending me, um, updated variables on a daily basis. And so if I want to take a day off, um, I've got to email all of them in advance and say, Hey, um, take tomorrow off. I don't need your stuff. Chill out. We'll check back in the following day. Um, vacations, exceptionally difficult to take. They require a lot of planning ahead. Um, if I want to take a week long vacation, there's probably about a month of prep work that goes into that. And then, um, and that is for me, part of this is my personality. That is for me to feel secure that everybody is set and okay and will be fine until I get back. Um, which is something I'm, I'm, always concerned about because I'm thinking, you know, these people are paying me a monthly rate and I'm just going to disappear for a week. I got to make sure that they're set. Um, so I, I will oftentimes, um, start well in advance, um, like a month out and tell people, Hey, in, in three or four weeks, I'm going to be gone for a week. So I want to make sure that we stay on top of this stuff. We're really aggressive with how we follow things so that we get things into a nice predictable groove. I want things to stay in that groove while I'm gone. We'll check in when I get back. Here's a contingency plan. Let me kind of think ahead how I might want things to play out for the week when I'm gone and give them some if-then scenarios. Like, if this happens, then I want you to do this. If this doesn't happen, then I want you to do this. Um, while I'm gone for that week, that's when we would normally be updating our workout split. So I'm going to send you that in advance. Here it is. I want you to finish the one that you're on for this week. And then next week when I'm gone, start this new one. So there's so much planning that goes around for that. And you've got to do that for every single client that you work with. So there's a lot, a lot of extra work that goes in to taking some time off. So I've got a, you know, uh, the better part of a week coming off in October and my, my mental preparation for that starts now. Um, and it's, it's a lot of work. It is really difficult to disappear for a week when you've got a lot of individuals that are relying on your availability. So, um, and in the past I've just taken my laptop with me and be like, you know what, we'll do some check-ins on the road, but you know, I haven't seen my family in two years. I'm not going to be working on this trip. Um, I, there, there's a, a couple clients who are going to be about two weeks out from a show. I will be checking in with them on a daily basis. Everybody else is going to take a back seat and chill for a week. So, um, but uh, they'll, they'll be set up. They'll, they'll know what to do. It's just going to take a lot of work, um, a lot of extra timing and planning for me. Um, but again, that's what I'm paid for. And if I want to take the time off, I got to put in the work somewhere. So it's going to be on the front end and then also any kind of cleanup that needs to happen on the back end as well. So um, that has always been one of my biggest challenges. And if I'm being totally frank, like between my wife and I, that's been something that's been kind of frustrating because her thing is like, wow, it's really hard for you to take a vacation. I'm like, I know. I know. So if we want to like do a three day weekend and cause she gets, you know, um, holidays off as a school teacher and federal holidays always fall on a Monday. So like a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Well, if I would have known about that a little earlier, I could have, but now that we're, you know, three days away from that, uh, it's, it's too late. 
I, I can't I can't have everybody on this coming Monday miss a check-in. So, um, and I can't push them off till Tuesday because then I've created an impossible workload for me for the next day. So, um, yeah. So that that would that would be realistically, if I'm going to think about it, that's probably the biggest downside. Is um, it's very difficult to to schedule time off or or vacations. I know other coaches do it. Part of it is just, you know. I'm really, really OCD and anal retentive, and I feel um, I feel like it's irresponsible in a way unless I do everything possible to make sure that people are set up for success while I'm gone. That's my biggest concern. So um, I think that pretty well sums it up. So there you go. It's a topic that not everybody asked for, but now everybody got to listen to it. You get a little bit more insight into me, which I know a lot of you are saying like, great, thanks, Darren. This was the longest 45-minute cardio session of my life. Well, you're welcome. I'm happy to do whatever I can. So check things out. Social media, just go to the drop set. All the links are at dropset.com. All the links are there. Hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your week. I might check in back with you again on Friday, though, so stay tuned.